The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollas, and you are listening to Pa the Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 14 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Good morning, good day, good evening, and good night. <laughs> Whether you are listening to me immediately after we drop this episode or months down the road, I hope that I find you in good spirits. Speaking of spirits, I just got back from the land of spirits. <laughs> Fresh off a of vacation in New Orleans, the land of drinking spirits and haunting spirits, I am chatting with you back at home in Philadelphia. Per usual, I got back to work from the moment I arrived at the airport to head home. <laughs> it felt weird taking a break from my work, but it is so important to just shut off and enjoy life here and there, especially in this world where we have access to anything and everything all the time at our fingertips. Anyway, briefly, before I get into this episode, just a reminder that I teach a Friday Advanced Beginner Ballet class at Broadway Dance Center at 6 p.m. Also, I've added basic ballet classes on Sundays at Broadway Dance Center at 6 p.m., intermediate contemporary classes at Steps on Fridays at 11.30 a.m., and advanced contemporary classes at Steps on Broadway as well on Sundays at 3.30 p.m. from May 7th to the 28th of May. So, I have an array of classes to offer any of you listeners who want to get your classical technique in order, or to experience the breakdown of that technique into more fluid and grounded practices. So, hopefully I'll see some of you there, and as I always let you know, please do come up and say hey and let me know that you are a podcast listener. I would love to meet you. Lastly, I'm very excited to announce that I have been commissioned by a lovely chamber ballet company in New York City named Cello Point. I will be creating a, a short work for them that will be premiering in June and then also be a part of their programs throughout 2018. They are a fantastic group of dancers that perform to live string music. So, you should check them out at cellopoint.com. They have some really fantastic photos on there with some really interesting ideas using dancers and instruments and, and fabric. You'll all just have to go check it out to see what I'm talking about. So, uh, head on over there and see what's happening there. Okay, now that I've got my weekly update done, let's get down to business. My husband and I enjoyed our vacation alongside a friend of ours uh, and while we were down in NOLA, <laughs> New Orleans, New Orleans, the Big Easy, whatever you want to call it. We stayed at an Airbnb together and had many conversations throughout the week. One conversation that came up turned into a pretty valid topic that I'd love to discuss with all of you because I feel it's important and relevant and rarely talked about from this perspective. Um, and also, I've been meaning to talk about it for such a long time and I just, other content ends up getting in the way. So, it's time that we talk about this. There is a horrible misconception that ballet is a feminine art only, and any male that partakes in our art form is either effeminate or, if they aren't, appears to be effeminate due to the grace and fluidity that are often associated with ballet movement. 
Often to make up for this misinformed, emasculating stereotype, artists try to overcompensate to prove to audiences that ballet can also be an art form for manly men. I can't tell you how tiresome, uh, so tiresome it is to see stories in press and media that are beaten deader than a dead horse. Football players use ballet to improve their agility. Or, who wouldn't want to dance around a bunch of scantily clad women at work all day long? Or, male ballet dancers don't need to lift weights, they lift women. <laughs> I've heard and seen these almost offensive stories shared in front of audiences, donors, in newspapers, magazines, on TV, and probably a dozen other ways. But while these outlets are attempting to break the stereotype of male dancers and the perceived loss of their masculinity, I really personally feel that they are missing the point and that they're really just speaking on deaf ears. I don't think that they're actually changing any perspectives. I don't think they're influencing anybody. They're just they're they're trying to defend I feel more instead of changing the issue, they're just trying to defend those of us that are male dancers. Um, and I don't personally need defending. Um, I would rather offer perspective and try to have a conversation with people. So, for me, this is how I see it. From the most basic perspective, being a man in ballet is one of the most masculine things you could do. I know you're probably going to sit here and think I'm crazy. Obviously, I'm in the art form. I want to promote the art form the way that I want to. But I honestly, I'm going I'm to back this up. And, and I think that by the end of this episode, you're actually going to probably agree with me. There are a few different reasons for this. First and foremost, ballet was developed back in the day. And by that, I mean like the day-day. <laughs> ballet was developed from court dancing back in a time where chivalry was quite alive and well. Chivalry is defined on dictionary.com as the methods of training and standards of behavior for knights in the Middle Ages. The code of chivalry emphasized bravery, military skill, generosity and victory, piety and courtesy to women. Thank you, dictionary.com. If you take a look at ballet, from classical ballet to neoclassical ballet, when dancing together, the main emphasis of presentation is the woman. The man stands behind the woman. The man makes sure that the woman looks good and appears to be performing effort effortlessly. Contemporary dance forms at times try to break this, uh, this uh, ideal, but in more classical forms of our art, this is how it works. Uh... To be in a man in ballet means that you are essentially trained in the art of chivalry, which was considered the highest form of masculinity and the most admired way of behaving back in historical times. Today, I can't tell you how many people I've heard exclaim that chivalry is dead, but if you walk into a rehearsal studio, if you attend a performance, if you go on YouTube and watch videos or see anything involved in the ballet world um, and most of the dance world, you will see that chivalry is alive and well in the art form of dance. Another reason that I see ballet as an extremely masculine art can be found in a man dancing on his own. So, chivalry is a big part of uh, pas de deux work when you are dancing uh, with a man and a woman. Um, now, if you look at a man dancing alone, it's a different story. While, while women's training tends to be focused on point work and extension, and speed of the, the speed of their dancing, men's dancing tends to focus on big jumps, turns, and tricks. 
Men in many sports can be seen accomplishing impressive feats with grotesque grotesque pain or aggression in their faces. They will grunt to show their effort because they think it enhances their ability to execute things like lifting barbells above their heads and throwing javelins and, I don't know, tackling one another in the field and so much more. But in ballet, men perform even greater feats, jumping higher than track and field athletes, turning multiple times on a dime, lifting then maintaining the weight of both women and men high above their heads, often with a grin on their face or a serene look, um, with no display of the immense effort that they are putting into their activities. I see male ballet dancers like the calm father that never raises his voice. He is gentle and caring and kind, and he is just the epitome of masculinity. But if you are in trouble, you know that you're in trouble, but he never has to do anything but calmly express his disappointment in your actions. He doesn't have to raise his voice. He doesn't have to become physical. He doesn't have to do anything, but it's so masculine that he is just calmly there expressing how he feels and and letting you know i I just see i see dancers as as that type of male dancers as that type of man the last reason that i think dance is the most masculine art form is because you have to either be completely comfortable in your own skin or have the emotional fortitude to expose yourself both physically and emotionally for an audience i strongly consider comfort in one's own skin to be a characteristic of emotional strength not to lose any sense of being PC, but many men will talk about their most manly characteristics, if you know what I'm saying. But how many do you know would be comfortable to walk the walk on a stage in front of hundreds of audience members? Genitalia and enhanced muscle definition that comes with higher levels of testosterone are the epitome of physical masculinity. In our culture, it takes a lot of balls, no pun intended, to step on the stage and essentially tell an audience, look at me in all of my natural manliness. In fact, this is considered quite taboo across our American culture. Only recently have men's clothes even started to become tighter and more form-fitting, but still even with skinny jeans and uh, tighter shirts and things like that, it's still covering the body where if you look at the the clothing that women wear a lot of women wear very form-fitting clothes that do show their body uh, but men they they avoid this many not all men but many men avoid this at all costs there is no need to talk up how physically manly you are as a dancer because your body speaks for itself beyond this how much strength does it take to walk on stage and open yourself up to criticism from an audience ranging from young to elderly and educated to uneducated Strength isn't only required to lift and dance, it is necessary as an emotional component as well. When I googled masculine, the word masculine for this episode, the the words that appeared before my eyes to describe it were strength, muscular, well-built, powerful, vigorous. The, the fact that so many cultures around the world label male dancers as effeminate is an absolute contradiction to the very definition of what society most often perceives masculinity to be. If anybody still wants to state that being a man in ballet makes you less masculine, then I think that society needs to reassess the range of definitions and connotations that are attached to that word. It, it's just, 
a complete <laughs> it's in complete opposition with <laughs> that that definition. I'm really curious to see what all of you think about my opinion on this matter. I think that's a very different way of looking at it, but I also put a lot of thought into it, and I think that what I've said is extremely valid. Um, so I'm curious to hear what you guys what you guys think about it. Being a male dancer in our culture, it's not an easy task. <laughs> I mean, if you if you look around at dance schools, like how many boys are in dance schools, local dance schools around the country? When you get into the bigger schools, yes, they, they do tend to bring those dancers to their school from those local areas. But if you look at dance schools, how many schools have tons of boys in their classes? Very few. We, we are luckily greatly rewarded within our niche of the dance world if we, if we are male and do decide to uh, train to become a dancer. But it almost feels like this is additional compensation for the challenges that we face within our culture and society. Uh, so please do let me know if you agree with me or not by sending me a message. You can either do that on Facebook or via my contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. And if you like what I have to say in this episode, please share this with all of the men in your life who may have misconceptions about us male dancers. So with that, I'm going to bring this week's episode to a close. Thank you for coming back week to week and listening to me chat about dance with you. I, I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page that I just mentioned previously. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcasts or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. That's premierdancenetwork.com. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Corollis, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I've been writing about working as a freelance artist for over five years. I also have two YouTube channels, B. Corollis, featuring my choreography, and Choreography, that's Choreography, featuring my choreographic web series that tells the life-defining stories of professional dancers through revealing interviews and choreography. Thanks for listening in to Pod the Chat. I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.